Probably science. I am your co-host Andy Wood. With me, as always, is Brooks Whelan. Hello, Brooks. Hey, what's up? Uh, welcome to Probably Science. Today we have a guest host, not Matt Kirshen, who is our regular host. He's out of town doing uh, comedy instead of a podcast in my living room. So now we have uh, a special guest host, Nick Rutherford, everybody. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Probably science. Probably, Probably science. science. We're not guaranteeing any science. Probably, though. <laughs> start off by just uh, explaining why we should or should not be talking about science and whether our guests should be either. Um, so my, my background, I studied engineering in school, electrical engineering, and I used that for a few years out of school and then abandoned that as quickly as I could to pursue comedy-related things. But I still enjoy uh, staying abreast of science topics and, and lording my intelligence over the general comedy community. That's true. I, uh, I graduated from the University of Iowa two years ago with a biomedical engineering degree. And then, but then I'm still currently sciencing. Uh, I have a full-time science job uh, at a biomedical engineering lab where I don't know what I'm doing most of the time. But I actually did science today. I had to do P- measure pH, which was pretty neat. I was like, oh my god, this is I'm doing something that I you were remember. Dro- dropping acid, if you will. No, that's not true at all. Um, and then acid I like that. Yeah, it's acid and then our, our, our special. Guest host today is Nick Rutherford, who you might have seen on The Office recently. Whoa. Hey. Hey. And uh, I um, went to USC, graduated from USC with a uh, BA in theater, and I once owned a microscope. Ooh. Did you really have a microscope? Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was kind of a nerdy kid. I like I got those I would get science kits from garage sales, you know, but they'd be incomplete so that all the experiments like you didn't have yeah. the mercury so you couldn't do. <laughs> mercury. <laughs> And they probably didn't include mercury in those kits. They, you, they used to. You used to, like, oh, yeah. in science People class, play with mercury and be like, oh, it's like a solid liquid. I did a break of a thermometer accidentally as a kid, and uh, my mom walked into the kitchen to see me. You know, I picked up the little kind of beads of mercury and was rolling them around in my hand, and my mom just flipped out, as she should. It's very dangerous. Yeah, it's deadly. <laughs> it's pretty cool, too. Look, I shot my house with a shotgun one time when I was little. It's as mad as my mom got at me. <laughs> I once brought a bucket full of snails into my house, and uh, <laughs> they climbed all over the walls when I forgot about them five minutes later, and then my mom screamed at me, and then I cried when I had to take them back outside and told her it's because it's so hard to say goodbye to something you love. <laughs> so, Did your walls have snail tracks? For yeah. You? Oh, yeah. 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 I kept a couple in the aquarium, and they fed them lettuce, and they died like, where did you an hour gr- later. Where did you grow up? Did you grow up here in L.A.? I grew up in Thousand Oaks. Oh, yeah. I, I knew that. Yeah, our, California. Our podcast listeners didn't. I grew up in Iowa, Andy. I grew up in Michigan, Ann Arbor. Sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> Not one bit. All right, well, let's get into some science stories. Let's do yes. this. For our first topic today on Probably Science, I will throw to Brooks, who's going to tell us about a huge asteroid that's headed for a close encounter with our dear planet. Okay, that's uh, that's right. There's actually an asteroid will come closer than the moon uh, this coming Tuesday, so November uh, 8th, I think, 2011. Uh, an asteroid will come within the moon's orbit that is like that's that's pretty huge it's like uh, a quarter mile wide and if it hit earth it would it would uh, cause a four mile crater uh 1700 feet deep so but it's not going to hit earth and they're pretty sure oh good yeah they're sure, pretty sure pretty sure they yeah. said they said they map 
uh, its orbit for the next hundred years, and it won't hit Earth within that time. But past that, we're not going to be around. Right. Who, right. who, who cares? Care past who cares? No. Years. Nobody cares. But uh, if you're thinking you can see it, it's actually going to be too dim to be seen with the naked eye and also moving too fast to be seen with most telescopes. So I think they're lying to us. Like, but also, I mean, it's 200,000 miles away and a quarter mile wide, so why would you be able to see it? Like, that's way it's too a tiny speck for that distance. I don't know, guys. I just When they tell me an asteroid's closer than the moon... In my head, I think, oh, the asteroid's probably bigger than the moon. Right, right, right. So it said that this is the largest object to come this close. It's the first time since 1976 that an object that size has passed this closely. But they only started looking for objects in 1975, right? That's true. Yeah, they said that they're like, people don't like get nervous. This has been happening for 4.5 billion years, ever since the Earth existed. Stuff's been flying by. That, and look at the no, dinosaurs. That's no consolation at all. Like, yeah, horrible things have been happening since the dawn of time and have right. killed out many species. So do you guys think that asteroids killed the dinosaurs? What do you think? I don't have a strong opinion about that one way or the other. It seems like a pretty cool way to go out, though. Like If I if I was going to guess, I would go for the more uh, cinematic extinction scenario, which would be that. So, yeah. I like volcanoes. Yeah, I like volcanoes. But I think it was a combination asteroids, which then upset the Mother Nature, and then she spewed out hot lava. And then it was a leaf hunter and star child and and the rest of the Land Before Time crew that had to find their way home. Little fun. So it's almost like the dinosaurs were caught in the crossfire of this sort of turf war between Mother Nature and Mother Space Nature. Mother Space Nature, exactly. And cartoons. I watched Land Before Time like a month ago. It really, guys, it's a tearjerker. I was like, oh, my God, his grandparents die, like, right away, or his mom does. And then the rest of it, you're like, I hope just, the Sarah is a real bitch. What is the plot? Is, the, is he trying to find other dinosaurs? He's left alone, and he has to fend for himself and the, find a dinosaur tribe or something? Or no, the, the plot is, like, a, a big earthquake happens in it, you know, the classic, there's a, a chasm opens up right between him and his parents, and then... Pangea. Pangea starts splitting apart. Mm-hmm. Tectonics. Right. And uh, so then he teams up with other baby dinosaurs that are just so cute. Um, and then they have to go find their parents again in the Great Valley. So it's the incredible journey with different older animals. Or it's Bambi with bigger, scarier animals. Or it's Empire of the Sun replacing um, Nazis with a chasm. Or it's little or it's Finding Nemo with uh, things that are so closer to fish, but walk around. Or it's a 42-minute cartoon. That's a, it's, I was like, that was like 42 minutes. I, <laughs> really? It's not even a movie? It's not a full-length movie at all. There's no way no. it's 42 minutes. It's super short. Look it up go to the on your computer. Here. Yeah. Favorite hard, di- hard wh- science. While you're doing this, favorite dinosaur, Nick. What is it? Um, the uh, it had to long. be the Compisaurus, the little guys, the little chicken dinosaurs. Oh, the ones in Jurassic Park too. Who? Yeah, I think they made those up, but those ones. Oh, I like I like that stuff. Because don't you want one of those little guys running around your house? I would wa- I would want four. No, because then be- they could take you down. No, no, no. I feel like four is the maximum number I could like control. You'd constantly be fighting them off. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it would be fun. Like five. No, I'm done. If they had little compies, would you get their teeth removed, like cat? being declawed and stuff so they would just like nibble on you you know like just leap on your back when you get out of the yeah. shower like how uh, Jake the Snake Roberts had a cobra devenomized and then it bit Macho Man Manny <laughs> Savage and then that cobra died like the next day that happened in wrestling what was there any like outcry from yeah exactly the, like the that SPCA that? <laughs> no that this was like... like in the early 90s where nobody cared and Macho Man Randy Savage his retort was I guess I'm more venomous than a cobra like he's like yeah, laughed that, about this cobra. That's dying. obvious. <laughs> yeah, dude. Did he bite the snake back? 
Uh, I, probably. I bet they did blow together in, right. in the back. Yeah, it's uh, not as if the only thing that's going to suck about being bitten by a cobra is the venom. It also sucks being bitten by a cobra. Yeah, the actual big bite is going to hurt you also. Macho Man Randy Savage is so... He's so full of coke that he does not care. He's like, are a lot of people going to watch it? Can I bang Miss Elizabeth? Okay. <laughs> Andy, favorite dinosaur. Let's hear it. I, you know, I'm going to go with just the standard T-Rex. I don't, I don't Ugh, really have strong yeah, opinions. Man. I don't have strong opinions one way or the other. And I, I, did, I do know that Land Before Time was only 69 minutes long. That's barely a movie. Right, That's, yeah. It was very short. Not 45. Okay, my favorite dinosaur, I think, you know, I like the Stegosaurus because I like the whole spikes on the tail idea. But I do like a nice carnivore. So, in my mind, it's like a stegosaurus that eats other stegosauruses. Are stegosauruses and triceratops both both herbivores? Yeah. Really? That's, yeah, it makes them a lot less cool. Also, I think they're a little bit too similar to some existing animals is why I wouldn't. Like, if I had a choice of bringing back one, one of those two, they're, they're kind of similar enough to, like, rhinos, hippos and yeah. rhinos. That oh, yeah, that's blow very your mind. true. That's very true. You'd want to see something that you've never seen. Actually, I take it all back. I'm going to say pterodactyl. Like, a flying... Lizard, that's yeah, way cooler sweet. than my than favorite just a big looking dinosaur from the Jurassic Park movies was Newman. I thought he was <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. I also just like how the the idea of the main bad guy and all the like the main guy who gets all the dinosaurs together. Of course, he's just an old dude with a foot like a fun hat and a, and a right. and a limp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. Oh, he's the best, Richard. Um, Linkletter. Help me out here. What's the, Richard Attenborough? Isn't that Richard Attenborough? We'll never know. There's we'll never no way know. to There's find no out. Internet. I like Muldoon. Muldoon. I like that this was all related to an asteroid coming by. We're being hunted. Yeah, that guy was. That guy was. Bad. Shoot her! <laughs> I would actually I like that. Gatekeeper, close the gate. Anyway, sorry. No, I love that movie. I love the idea of how dinosaurs got were found. There would like. My buddy growing up, his dad would be like, I want to kill a dinosaur. Like, he's the ultimate. He loves to go, like, bear hunting. Isn't that the plot of uh, The Lost World, where they go back to the island and, like, it's some like crazy game hunters? Game. Yeah. They're like, we're going to hunt these dinosaurs. It should be more crazy. The first movie was entirely just an amusement park. People just want to see dinosaurs. Right. right. It wasn't, yeah. But then you got chaos theory involved. Yeah, and mm. you got uh, fast-talking, mumbling uh, Jeff Jeff Yeah, Goldblum butterfly flaps his wings uh, in a tropical storm. And, a uh, drop of water in the back of your hand. I saw Jeff Goldblum the other day. He's very gray now, and I got really excited. Like, he's got a big white beard, and I was like, oh, my God, Jeff Goldblum. And the person I was with was like, that wasn't Jeff Goldblum. I, but I'm it was just, It was just it was. the cult leader. You remember when that, when that, that chick archaeologist was... Uh, was looking at that leaf, and she's like, this species has been dead for, like, millions of years. And then, like, right behind her, this big dinosaurs. It was like, hey, lady, turn around. There's dinosaurs. Forget about the leaf. Right? Am I right? Ladies, they can't be. Yeah. Yeah. All the dramatic. Yeah. I, I watched this Rampant. new Terra Nova. I watched, like, the first episode. Oh, yeah. And, like, like an hour. No. Like, an hour after they get back to 85 million years where they're dinosaurs, they're like, let's get out of these gates. I'm like, that's where the dinosaurs are. Like, they're immediately just ran off. And then a they, of they them enclosed themselves in, in, in a bunch of in a, they have they built their own gated community to protect themselves. Yeah, actually, and then they from dinosaurs. Out of it, and then they were dinosaurs. like, "Let's get out of here. It's boring." Is it any good? It looks no. Kind of, the I, effects look really bad considering it it's twenty horrible. Also, yeah. I also I don't believe the dinosaurs. They just reused the uh, puppets from that sitcom dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> So that was a great show, by the way. Yeah, I thought that was super great, funny. There's like a fat foreman dinosaur. <laughs> he just has on. Sherman Helmsley. He yeah. just has on like a top flannel shirt, but no pants. 
<laughs> little lunchbox still. <laughs> <laughs> Those dinosaurs are modest in all the wrong places. I don't yeah. know why they're covering uh, I love it. their torsos. Anyway, moving on. Another another topic this week that interested me as a... I, I'm a more math-minded guy. I'll admit that I was an engineer, but I'm not very good with, with most practical sciences, but I do loves me some math. And I was interested to find out that... Um, some UCLA mathematicians are working with the LAPD to analyze crime patterns to try to figure out if they can predict uh, where crimes will happen or, more specifically, when crimes happen in, in areas that have a lot of gang violence. Uh, they can predict which gangs are responsible without even knowing anything about the victim or the alleged perpetrator. And it turns out they, they developed this algorithm where they can plug in information about crime patterns among these 30 or so gangs in uh, an East L.A. neighborhood called Hollenbeck, and uh, to test the algorithm, they would create a set of simulated data that closely mimicked actual things, and then they drop out some of the key information, like sometimes the victim or the perpetrator, and test how well the algorithm could calculate the missing information. And it could, about 80% of the time, the algorithm could narrow down those 30 gangs to three gangs and be correct. Like one, of the, They were correct. One, one of the, the gang that was the perpetrator was one of those three that they would so they're, guess. They're just using math to solve crimes. Right? Pretty well, at least to narrow down. First of all, I can't believe there are thirty gangs in this one East LA. I looked, I looked it up. It is, it's like in between like Fifth Avenue and Seventh Avenue. It's so small. Two blocks of an of area. 30. Yeah. They're all one man gangs. <laughs> thirty gangs. It's just thirty assholes who live yeah. there. <laughs> just, and the, yeah, when they do the math, they're like, it's either Larry or Mark. It's the Mark gang or the Larry gang. I don't understand algorithms at all. You can help me with this, Andy. It just means it seems system. like they do everything. It just, it, an algorithm doesn't even have to refer to anything computerized. When you decide how to approach a problem, you're using an algorithm. An algorithm is just a way of systematically doing anything. Yeah, it's like you punch numbers in, like insert A here, times that by 0.4972 plus 11. I don't think insert. that's answering my question there. <laughs> but I mean, even I'm not when sure you, where you're going with that, but I'm going to cut you off. You could, you could even say when you... Um, how like what, when you when you tie your shoes you follow an algorithm like you first look to see, is the shoe already tied if it is I will untie it and then put my foot into it and then I will make the first yeah you're right loopy. I was say I was just doing an equation that's so. also an algorithm I mean it's a, it's, a, it's a procedure so all it is is a bottom procedure. line nerds bottom line. are what are they going to send the nerds to bust these gangs like exactly they're exactly. the scaredest like I developed a way to hey listen gang and it, it's also I mean it's really it makes you wonder if uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering if these sort of same studies have been done with just other kinds of profiling that we've decided, even if they end up leading us oftentimes to the right person, we just don't do those things because we have to follow the rule of law we've established and due process. The algorithm probably right. is just like, it just always says black It's guy. super racist. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. super yeah. Based on past information. Do-rag. Hey, yes. algorithm, ease <laughs> off there. Ease off. That's Janko jeans. Check. Is that like is that similar to the Minority Report, like the seekers who, who lay in the water and they can see things? The algorithm sits in a yeah. tub of like lukewarm, right? Salt water. It's a bunch of nerdy guys, <laughs> kind of in a spa. I don't know. This it's close to home. We had a, a friend get stabbed in like near this area the other day. So comedian Mike Burns. So yeah, let's right. go ahead. Let's punch. Let's get him to punch in this algorithm, and then we will find out that it, it was the Los Filos gang. Or ain't, ain't no goddamn algorithm in the world keep Mike Burns from getting stabbed. <laughs> nope, nope. Bound to happen. Oh, my God. But I, I think it's also interesting in this analysis, they were saying there are 30 gangs in this area and nearly 70 gang rivalries. 
<laughs> which isn't that many rivalries considering how many gangs there are right. because the, the permutations of like, yeah, it'd be probably yeah, what's in the hundreds 30 of times thousands. 30 right if each 30, gang had a problem with another gang be 30 factorial 30 oh. times 29 times 28 all the way down to 2 I guess I think it would be I think so right that's the number of combinations right that's a yeah. that's uh, right. wait is that so that's basically permutations or combinations I don't know. I that's mean, combinations. there's no way to know. No, that's but let's not. pretend like we do know some signs. I do know this: permutations are order dependent, combinations are not. So my girlfriend just got a permutation. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> she's pregnant. Uh, yeah, I think that's what okay. I mean. <laughs> no, but you're right. That does mean that there's like uh, we're the Lobos, but we we we, really we like, got no problem yeah. with the Quincios. Yeah, you're right. It would be thirty. Time, thirty uh, factorial, I think. Yeah, yeah, because thirty times thirty would just be nine hundred. Well, I think you were thinking either 30 to the 30th. Um, I don't know. Anyway, it would be more <laughs> I think it would be 30 70. factorial. It would be a large, large number. That means, yeah, there's a lot of gangs that get along really well if there's only 70 rivalries. I just necessary. hope that someone's listening to this in their car punching a oh, steering Oh, God. Wheel. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be able to I pulling know, over. I know Throwing what their iPod out are the talking window. about. Yeah. So also, you know, the mathematicians found that the correct gang was ranked number one, rather than just being among the top three 50% of the time, which compares to just 17% of the time if it was just random chance. So this algorithm can figure out which uh, who's doing the bad things to the other people in the gang situations. Finally. Yeah, and I mean, it's just insane that 30 gangs... But they only have problem with like one other gang per gang. Like they like this on average. Wait, yeah, every gang has a problem with like two gangs, two yeah, other. The gangs, rest are totally yeah. cool with. Yeah. Right. You said it's like in a five block radius somewhere, and uh, it's real. It's in a small area, just uh, just south of Echo Park. So shouldn't they like throw a street fair in the center of it, and then someone to like escape from New York, just like fence off that area <laughs> oh, and then yeah. just let him fight it out. Gangs don't go to street fairs. Well, if there was something like a gun giveaway. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. What was the purpose for the get-together in Warriors again? It was a, They were going to sign an accord of sorts? Wasn't there gonna oh, be a I truce? don't remember. Yeah, there was something. Isn't there some Shakespearean uh, subtext to that movie? There's, I forgot a, Shakespeare, what, uh, there's Shakespearean subtext to everything. To everything, that's yeah. true. But that's probably literature, and this is probably science. <laughs> I, got, I don't know which which Shakespeare characters the guys in the baseball uniforms would be. But. Uh, I got in trouble at my last job for <laughs> tweeting daring work, and like one of the tweets they showed me was, uh, it was the worst thing ever. I just tweeted, the, the raccoons in my neighborhood are reenacting the warriors, and then I just typed in, raccoons, come out and play. And they showed <laughs> me this in a meeting with my boss, and she goes, unacceptable. And I, was I don't like, understand what's why. Unacceptable yeah. about that. She's like, you're at work, and this is what you're thinking about. I was like, that's what I'm always thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> Raccoons reenacting things. I mean, I guess if she's saying unacceptable in the sense you could be doing work, but not unacceptable in the sense that you can't say raccoons come out and play at work. This is the worst. I mean, it was a terrible tweet, and then to get in trouble for it, too, double terrible. Did you follow it up right. with a tweet about my stupid boss? She yelled at me, and then she's like, Brooks, come in here, like immediately. <laughs> no, I, I, I went <laughs> private for a little bit, and then I left that job. Uh, but you did tweet a picture of your boss eating out of the refrigerator in the I break room. I don't want this going online. <laughs> we will cut that out. Yeah. Because we don't, no one knows your, your your full name. You haven't said your middle name. or Yeah, but I, I told my new job that I was not fired for Twitter. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, I don't know if you're listening. You may not know what Brooks looks like, but you hire Brooks at your, uh, at your pharmaceutical firm or some sort of pipette job where he's... 
testing pH yeah. things. Titrate, titrating things. Yeah, he, he, he's going to roll in on a longboard. <laughs> he's going to have a, a, like a, a cactus cooler in one hand, and he's going to wear sandals. You're going to get. It's like he's the guy who screws up everything in every science movie. Right. Absolutely. You, you flip a switch accidentally. I think you're an outbreak, right? There's that guy who, who releases a monkey accidentally. Well, I'm you got pro, headphones in pro the whole releasing time. monkeys. Yeah, I do have headphones he were, in He network. was Patrick Dempsey in Outbreak. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just love this new job. You know, <laughs> it's going well. It's going Not going to get fired. No tweeting on the job. Love this new Speaking job. Speaking of people who love their jobs, some Russian dudes must have loved their jobs. Yeah, this, this is crazy. This is my favorite news story in a long time. Uh, so six astronauts locked themselves into a Russian car park inside of a fake spaceship <laughs> for 520 days to simulate going to Mars and returning. Uh, so they were in isolation for a year and a half. And they just got out. They opened up their uh, fake spaceship back into the carport today. Uh, after 520 days, it's just insane. And they could only shower once a week. They had to eat canned food the whole time. And they would receive emails on a delay, depending on how, like, quote, unquote, far away they would be from Earth. And they they all had to live so close together. And they were dudes from four different nationalities. So, you know, some of them smelled terrible. Based <laughs> <laughs> on which countries they were from. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but then it, it happened, like it all went according to plan. Like the, it was quoted the main, uh, the main guy who's the human life science specialist at the European Space Agency said that they, they anticipated many more problems, but the crew was doing surprisingly well. And they said August was the mental low point. It was the most mo mo uh, mo monotonous phase of the mission and their friends and families were on vacation. So they didn't send them as many emails. <laughs> Also, their friends and family really? knew they weren't really yeah, on Mars. Like, I would, like, if I was a friends and family, like, please send messages to me all the time. Like, fuck you, dude. You are so close. <laughs> You're right. in a parking lot right You're now. Not You're not going to Mars. Throw a rock at the thing. Yeah. yeah. You hear the tink. And then it said in here, it's like, it shows that humans could sustain a mission to Mars, but a real mission would have a few more dangers. A few. A just few, a few. Such as going to Mars. Such as right. not being, being in, in a parking garage. Yeah. I feel like that's it would be easy. Like I'm being paid X amount of dollars to be in this car for 500 days. I can do this, and if things go wrong, I'll just step out of the car. But <laughs> right. when you're Part on your way you, to Mars, yeah, you you just can't let that right. go. Part of you not going crazy is knowing that worst case, I can walk out that door right now. Yeah, if you go crazy, it's fine. It's a self-imposed. It's sort of like whenever you hear like stories about fraternity hazing. Don't those guys realize they could? They can just walk away, whatever not they want. They, not if they want friends, dude. Not <laughs> no, if they want. Different. Not if they want Brad to hang out with them. That's a good Brad. That's but yeah, bad. it's it's entirely it's entirely false, and I'm not sure how much it proves because that knowledge that you're gonna be okay it, trumps all, a lot. All it proves is that you can get people to do anything. You can be like, hey, hang out in this bus for a year and a half, and right. no one will. T like they probably were telling them in the emails, like out here in in the world, everybody's really excited about you. <laughs> this, right. You're on the news oh, all the time, the and then they just got they come out of the fake space station, and it's just somebody's like, "Oh, you guys are still in there?" Like we didn't know. By the way, you want to talk anticlimax? Look this story up and look at the video of them being released this morning. Because uh, <laughs> first of all, there's a guy who seems very into the pomp and circumstance of his job who's standing by the. 
It's like a giant latch with an unnecessarily huge handle, like it's a fake jackpot door from a game show or something, like a vault. Uh, the guy who's waiting to open it is standing there for a good two minutes of this video. They didn't edit it down, just looking at it, and then finally reaches over and breaks this ceremonial seal that doesn't mean anything. It's just like a string between the door and the other thing, and just opens it. And there's a smattering of applause. There's like three people applauding. Yeah. And these guys are just kind of like, yeah, we didn't really do anything. There had, the- wow. there had to have been like a chamber for them to jack off because it was all I dudes. I was just going to ask about that. Yeah, but they, there's no way they're going to call it the jack off chamber. Right. No, like, the serenity the, zone. Yeah, this is the serenity zone. <laughs> hey guys, I'm going to be in the serenity zone. Again? Yeah. It's like an, Claus, it's get like, out of there. It's like airports that have those non-denominational chapels. Like We know what that means. We know what that's for. Wait, what? Yeah, we've never been in an airport. Okay, maybe this is specific to Detroit because I grew up in, in Michigan and I use Detroit Airport a lot. And you guys Michigan just jack has, off in airports in Detroit? Yes, we do. Michigan has the largest concentration <laughs> of Muslims outside of the Middle East of anywhere in the world. Specifically, Dearborn, Michigan, has more Muslims than anywhere else outside the Middle East. For some reason, I don't oh, know yeah. why migration pattern. I don't know why, but um, like where I went to high school, we had as many uh, Saudi Arabian kids in my class as we had black kids. It was like. 20% of either. So I just grew up thinking that was like as big a minority as anything else in the U.S., but it's like just in Michigan. So in Detroit Airport, they have these chapels because, you know, you have to pray, to, you have to face Mecca and do those things at sun up and sundown. So they have, I thought most airports have some kind of uh, chapel, like a non-denominational fill-in-the-blank religious space anybody can use. Isn't, you haven't seen LAX doesn't have something? Yeah, like I'm that? sure they do, yeah. yeah. I guess they I must. Yeah. I'm guessing it's just jacking off that happens. Right, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't that's ha- what the Admirals Club is for, I think. Right? <laughs> it's just a strip club up there. Oh, really? Those strippers just wear those uh, fancy pilot hats. Uh-huh. And a pin. Some wings. <laughs> oh, just pinned into their yeah. flat. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about the big, giant chamber door. Like... That I, if it's a if it's a big novelty of anything, I'm into it. Like when I'm in Vegas and I see a giant slot machine that's right, huge, right. I'm gonna put a dollar in there. And I'm always gonna pull oh, the yeah. handle, even though they have buttons. I'll have buttons that'll make the thing that spin, but I'm yeah. gonna pull that fucking handle and feel like I'm making something happen. That way, when I win big, everybody knows. <laughs> why would that be? Why they know? Because it's on a huge fu- it's on a huge slot machine. Everybody and would everyone's see that. looking because it's bigger. Yeah, everyone yeah. cares more. Okay. The first time I went to a casino, um, I was super, super broke, and I won like $40 on a slot machine, and me and my roommate were going nuts, like screaming and hugging and stuff. Hugging on $40? We were, yeah, dude, we were excited. We were super drunk, and we'd never gambled before, and we're like, we just, oh my God. This is easy. Yeah, exactly. And then, so a crowd formed because they're like, how much did you guys win? <laughs> and I was like, 40 Bucks, and then like everyone was just real like, Fuck. and then a crowd dispersed. Stop it! Yeah, Quickly dispersed. That crowd had about as much interest as the guys <laughs> witnessing the opening of this hatch. Yeah, exactly. But then, yeah, it that, it hooked us real bad. So anytime we were low, we're like, we'll just go to the casino, and then we'd lose twenty dollars, and we try to get back at the casino by drinking their free soda. I'm gonna drink twenty dollars of free soda then. Yeah, Wait, what casino them. did you go to that only had free soda, not free alcohol? It was in Iowa. A lot of like Vegas is the only one I know that had or like. Nevada was has it free alcohol? Was it a uh, Indian casino? Was it like an eighteen? No, uh, it was twenty. It was twenty one. Hmm. Like just no free booze. No free booze. It's weird because casinos win in that situation. You know, like they never, they don't lose by giving you free booze. Yeah. They, you're gonna spend, you're gonna lose more of your money gambling once you get drunk on their quote unquote free drinks. Right. So. I think that the beer was super cheap. I think it was like two or three dollars for a beer, but we were like, this is for gambling. Like we're gonna, oh yeah, we yeah. can't get drunk because we got to. That's what if you watch. No, we would have uh, liked to have gotten drunk, but like we only had we would spend twenty dollars max. It was your job. 
Yeah, and we need it. Right. That money win. is dedicated gambling money. Yeah. But if you watch uh, Sydney or Hard Eight, whatever it's called, uh, Hard Eight, I think is what it's known as now. The first, um, I think it's the first Paul Thomas Anderson movie before Boogie Nights. That's about John C. Riley moving to Reno and uh, be, having Sydney, having a uh, elderly gentleman from Magnolia, uh, Sydney Baker Hall, take him under his wing and teach him how to like work the system and win at gambling. And like first rule, you don't drink at all. Whenever you're like seriously gambling, you, you know never... what? I went to Las Vegas uh, a few months ago and got really drunk, and because of that, I made horrible decisions, but won six thousand dollars. Hmm. Just crazy things. That would be an outlier. This is an out- <laughs> exactly. This is coming back to math. This can no, happen. Yeah, that, but it's not the norm. That's why I'm, I was like, I'm trying to go out on top. So I'm like, I'm done now because I understand that that will never happen. Again. Six thousand. If you're in the black by six thousand, don't ever gamble again. I don't want to, but I will. Yeah, Philip yeah. Baker Hall was the name of the guy. Philip Baker Hall. That's my problem with gambling is like I will get to that like kind of uh, I'll I'll get like very um what do they call it when it's not scientific it's the opposite of scientific when you use charms superstitious, superstitious or, yeah where it's like well I hit but I was drinking scotch and I was smoking a cigarette so give me another scotch and I'll keep on smoking the cigarette as I play roulette. And I need to keep drinking yeah. and I need to chain smoke and I can't put that one out before the second one's lit. And so it's, it's the, my approach to gambling is the opposite. Oh, yeah, but that's the thing about That's why I hate blackjack with other people because people have oh, so many of their own crazy superstitions that if you fuck their system up, they're mad at you even though it's random. Like nothing I can do can consistently help or hurt you. Like whenever you're the last person or the first person at the table, whatever you do, if you do something that's out of the norm as far as like hitting on something you're not supposed to right. hit on, quote unquote supposed to hit on, or not hitting on something you are, quote unquote, supposed to. If someone else then gets a bad hand after you, people are mad at you. Yeah, or you took her bus card. Right, right. but like oh, yeah. they never thank you for the times that you do something that's technically incorrect that helps the table, which happens as as often as it would hurt. Like there's right. no consistency to it. I, I got to say, I used to, me and my roommate would be those guys who are like, what are you doing? And then there's they'd be no... like, this is $5 hands of blackjack, guys. And we're like, that's, that's like 20% of my net worth, but okay? Even <laughs> if you do, even if it's all of your money on the table at once, like getting mad at someone else, it does not help or... It, no, what, I was what in the doing, wrong. It's still random. And you're, that's why I like... Yeah, but I'm just saying like... We thought we were so serious, but we were playing five dollars right, a hand, right. and like, hey, but you were getting listen, mad at other guys who were doing stuff, right? What are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> that was my car. You just yeah. took my car. We're all in this together, yeah. right? I thought I was smarter than I, I. I had the same problem as you as I won the first time I went. And I won like thirteen hundred dollars, and I thought, oh, it's because I'm smart. Like I'm a better blackjack player <laughs> than everyone else, so I'll just always win. And then I had some other weekend where I started to do. The system that worked for you that did not work for me where as as soon as I started losing big, I'm like, oh, I'll just start doubling every bet until I suddenly go to the ATM and take out two $1,000 cash advances against my credit card in the span of an hour. I lost $2,000 in about an hour. My hands were shaking. I was playing at the $100 table upstairs at the Aladdin, now Planet Hollywood. And the dealer even, like the dealer is... They're not bad people. Like they have a they have a heart, and they're looking at you. They know what you're doing, yeah. And they want they to be able to help you. Time. And they can't. They they see you walk over. They know what you're doing. Like don't do this. Just don't do this. Just go. Just go. And I'm like, no, you'll see at this next Dude, hand. When I won my six grand, it's because I was so drunk. I put three grand on red, and it hit red, and like the whole everyone was like, stop. Like like everybody would, like I showed up, and just like all of it, boom. That's what did you have? In what form did you have three grand? Chips? I, just like three chips. Yeah. I. It was crazy. It was like I'd made, I went from $25 to three grand in uh, 
the matter of like an hour. On roulette? Uh, and like craps, and then I took like 1500 over to roulette and threw it all on red. And then I took all that, and I was like, Vegas, and threw it all on red, <laughs> and this was prepared. And then how did you not throw it again? You're just like, this is enough. Well, then my roommate, actually, well, he was back out visiting from Iowa, and also, like, when you win that much, like, it brings you, you out of being that drunk. Like, I was like, oh, wow, this is real life that right. I was just doing that in. Did somebody then say, uh, Mr. Whelan, will you come with us? And you yeah, go, yeah. And, and they I, break your legs. And Well, no, I w- had to go with them, but my ID was expired and had a hole punched in it because I'd lost my other ID. So they were like almost not going to give me the money. What? And I was like, what? No, uh, you have to. And they were like, all right. Like, I don't know if they were just trying <laughs> That was your argument? Yeah. It was just like, no, you have to. And they're like, okay. He's got us. Yeah. Let him go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was it was pretty neat, and that was like the first night, and then I didn't I didn't gamble the rest of the trip. That's smart. It's a bigger you're wow. You have yeah. a lot more restraint than I. Do. Well, it's because like I don't know. We just I mean, didn't. That's a lie. I lost another thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought my mom might listen to this. I like how everything you're doing here. You're worried about who the audience is going to be. I know. No, I'm just worried about getting every. Nah, I don't even want to talk about it. just. I don't want my job work to know I got fired over Twitter. You didn't get. Wait, you said it again. Don't say. <laughs> Cut that part out. <laughs> All right, let's. Um, okay, Andy, you have this other this other cool story about how we're gonna. Well, have a I'm not sure to, if it's. I'm not sure if it's cool. It's also space related. I think it's a little bit. Um, I, I think this is cool. It's a this new way to, cool. Yeah, it's. An, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's just cool, guys. No, I think this cool. is this is uh, this cool. It's a new way we're gonna try to find aliens because what we've been doing hasn't been working. What, sending out random radio signals into nowhere? We send out gold-plated albums. Right, gold-plated <laughs> records, right? We did that, yeah. I yeah. love that. That's how, the, that's how Mormonism was started, right? <laughs> yep, they found one of those. And yeah. They found an old no. uh, 45 of... Um, yeah. They did do that, though. Said, on the, yeah. first, like, the first challenge or something, they sent it. It's like a gold-plated or silver-plated something uh, album yeah. with the picture of a hydrogen atom and then a man and a woman holding hands. And yeah. on the album, I don't know what it is, probably like the Beatles. I know it was a bunch of different languages. and um, Because if there's other aliens, they probably they, speak they probably one of our right, languages. Right, right, there's got to be one. That was, yeah, the hubris of that. I can't believe that real scientists thought that there was a chance that something out there had anything in common with these communication systems that we'd made up or would ever figure out how to play a phonograph that's yeah. what was that? Was that movie Contact where they were they were sending out math? It's like the universal language is math. Right, but what would that even mean? I guess anything that's 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 not a natural formation would tell would tell you there's some kind of life probably. But then beyond that, being able to decode, I guess you got to send something. I do it's like good, the idea that like a capsule would land here on Earth and then just like a ball of goo falls out of it with like. A red dot in the middle, and like that's that alien life. That's what they listen. <laughs> or that's to. the that's entire the... civilization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and they're, when they send it out, they're like, "They'll get it." Yeah, they'll get it. No, but better yet, what send the... them the goo. Yeah, it what is the fuck is the goo? Alien ship lands, and it's just there's a USB thumb drive. It's got an MP3, and you play it. It just explains everything in English to us, because like, yeah. of course they're going to figure out the same. Well, they're going to be more advanced, right? No, they'll happen to coincidentally develop the exact same technology we did, right? And have. Exact it's same a way. universal serial bus, okay? It's universal. <laughs> yeah. That's what the U stands for. Anyway, so uh, th- the point of this article is that astronauts, um, or rather, I'm sorry, is that scientists who have been looking for new ways of trying to seek out 
new life and new civilizations uh, have long used radio signals, and now they're trying to think of novel ways of, of detecting possible life. And they were thinking about, hey, we got a lot of cities that have lights on our planet, and when you're looking at the dark side of our planet at nighttime from space, you can see some of those lights. Maybe we should just look for alien cities and look for their lights. Which is, like, pretty obvious. Yeah, that's, like, exactly yeah. what happened. Instead of looking for radio signals, because, like, in the 70s, we used so many radio signals that uh, we thought, well, this is as advanced as we're going to get. We'll probably just look for radio signals, and then now, 2011, we don't use radio signals anymore. So we're like, well, how else? Mm. And then, right, we have so much that's and then fiber an, optic. Or- yeah, like, and then an astronaut was like, well, I can see lights from space, and they're like, I got it. That's a good idea. And then the government's like, okay, NASA, you're done. <laughs> exactly. Like, thanks for nothing, guys. Let's just, did you guys think thanks. about just looking? Like, yeah. Let's just look. Do you guys see any lights? But then it turns out that they were saying that, that the only possible way that we could detect from Earth uh, with, with our existing telescopes, we could possibly detect if there were a city the size of Tokyo with, with that those kind of lights. And first of all, again, super presumptuous about what alien life forms would require like that we we assume they will be on a planet where they'll be missing light when their planet is not facing their star and they'll find a way to make their own light and they're why gonna... would they even maybe they don't even have a way of taking in light as a way of observing their world like why do we think that sight is a thing that all life would have like that's not and that they would call their cities Tokyo I maybe I missed right, something. Right. I no. mean, why couldn't it be Kyoto? Why couldn't right. it be just an anagram of another Japanese? Yeah, in the story city? they just kept referencing Tokyo. They're like, right, that you was could their... see Tokyo from this far away. They just repeatedly were like, Tokyo can be seen from here. Yeah, they were saying that if we had if we had our same telescope technology that was sitting on a a, a, a body in orbit that was um, thirty to fifty astronomical units, as in an astronomical unit is the distance between the Earth and the Sun, so. The far reaches of our solar system, if we had our technology telescopes sitting out on some... On Pluto. On a comet or on something that far away, we could possibly see Tokyo. So the converse could be true also, that if there were some life in the far reaches of our solar system, we could possibly see it. But that's only 30 to 50 astronomical units. Um, so it's like within our solar system, basically. Right, which is pretty far away from the next... So you could see that far, but in order to get farther than that... Uh, I believe, let's see, uh, existing telesc- telescopes could only see the night side of a world like Earth out to a distance of a little more than a 1,000 astronomical units, which is the far edge of our solar system. The problem is the closest star to us besides the sun is 100,000 astronomical units away. So this is useless unless we have a uh, telescope with optics 100 times wider in diameter than the Hubble telescope's optics. So what? this is right. kind of only useful if we think there's a chance there's life on some non-planet, non-planet body outside <laughs> I like the of idea. Pluto. It is on the moon. Like, you guys, right, it just, was the moon the whole yeah, time. It's a super I, boring I don't even understand how that becomes a, a story or how somebody reports either. it or publishes it because it's just like, wait, I got an idea, guys. Why don't we just try to hear the aliens talking? Because that's impossible. Okay, we'll print that story, tell people how impossible that is, and that's the breakthrough that we'll say we did not make. Well, the scientists should say is, if we would all shut up for ten minutes, maybe we could hear the aliens. But the entire planet will never listen and just simultaneously shut up. So if everyone could just, seriously, you guys, like try to calm 
What if we Drunk What if we got down. like five Russian guys? We told them to shut up for ten minutes just to see if it's possible. It's possible for five men to shut <laughs> right. up for ten minutes. I saw this. I saw this documentary called Pulling John. It's about uh, this arm wrestling champion John Brzezink, and this Russian guy's trying to take him down. And in the documentary, he hangs out with some of his Russian family, and they are so Russian. Like this is what they're doing. <laughs> Instant. The first scene of these guys is. They are throwing a, like a piece of wood back and forth while a dog <laughs> barks at them from a roof. The dog's on the <laughs> roof. And then it shows the dog jumps off of the roof. And then their reaction is to grab the dog by the scruff of the neck and throw it back up onto the roof. And then they start doing push-ups on tree stumps. <laughs> I was like, the, this is exactly what I think of. Yeah, I don't know why, Russia. but that is Russia to yeah. me. It's what were they awesome. wearing? Uh, I don't, you know, I was just so into the f- dog barking on the roof. It was probably... Were they wearing wool hats, but still shirtless? They were, they were, sh- I think it was like slacks, no shirt, but the, but the slacks were like up to their belly button. Nice, nice. Was, and then they give a big speech about how, um, their genetics, Russian genetics will once again create a superpower. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> even kidding. I don't doubt it. I've seen that YouTube clip of that, uh, that weightlifter baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? And then he's Russian, I think. But then you know what sucks? That Russian guy beats the U.S. guy. He does. He defeats him. This is a documentary on arm wrestling. It's awesome. It's on Netflix. Since pulling John. Pulling John. It's good. I yeah. Did that. you just blow the ending? Uh, Damn you. Well, I blew it for me earlier because I I watched the documentary, but then I paused it to look up on Wikipedia what happened. I don't know why I do that to myself. I always do that with why a movie do do that that's to based ev- on true stories. To us, your friends and strangers who are listening to this. Listen, guys. <laughs> don't watch Pumping John unless you don't like surprises. Mistakes have been made. Wait, is it Pumping John or Pulling John? Pulling, what did I say? Pulling. Pumping John. Definitely pulling, check out Pumping John. Watch Pulling Iron also. Hey, we'll beep yeah, out We'll pulling. beep out what I just said. We can beep that out, right? We'll just do a spoiler alert. It's fine. No one cares who, who's going to watch it. that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, guys. No it's, one's coming to us for recommendations solid, of Netflix Instant View. The, the John uh, Brzezink guy, he was really bummed out in the documentary because he's like, when Over the Top came out, I thought, this is it, guys. I'm I'm going to be huge. <laughs> and it was then the dawn of the they were like, arm wrestling era. <laughs> no, actually, nobody drinks motor oil before they arm wrestle. <laughs> Is that, I've also never seen Over the Top. Does that happen? Oh, my gosh. It's so great. Have you seen Over the Top, Nick? Maybe years ago. Oh, man. Right before one guy arm wrestles uh, Sly, he drinks motor oil. Is it an intimidation thing or because he's retarded? <laughs> I think I think it's because he loves trucks. Oh, okay. There's a lot of big rigs in that, right? Yeah, yeah. The winner got a big rig. Oh, okay. Because if you're in an arm wrestling competition, you're definitely a semi-truck driver. Some guy's just like, I just want some paint for the baby's room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is there some similarity? I always, for some reason, I confuse. Yeah, maybe because of the, the trucking in it. Maximum overdrive, that's about trucking also, right? But that's about sentient trucks that, that attack people or something? Yes, that they're following like one like car, right? That's dual, I That's think. dual, yes. Yeah, I always confuse that also. There's too many truck movies. It's BJ and the Bear, I think. Is that a thing? Or no, Any Which Way But Loose? Isn't that trucking with an orangutan? I don't Well, that sounds awesome. I'm in. Uh, no one here has seen Maximum Overdrive, though, I guess. What you do have to YouTube is Sammy Hagar's over-the-top theme song. Oh, no. Uh, I forget what the title of it is, though. Um, but in the music video, he arm-wrestled he arm wrestled Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> Sammy Hagar, and uh, they, get a, they, they end up in a tie. Of course they would. Of because course they that would. makes sense. Right. Oh, it's awesome. The Red Rocker versus uh, Italian Stallion. 
I love it. Was that so? Was that song? I'm guessing was it sort of a generic '80s it's like, psych up um, song like "I the Tiger Wanna Be." Oh, it was, it was exactly like that, but it was great. It, I mean, it was good. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, um, gonna wrestle with my no, arms. No, it was like, only the strong survive, or so. I don't. I can't remember. You it's, got the touch. I'll start singing it halfway through the next topic that we talk about when I do think of it. There's no easy way out. No, it's Rocky Four. I did used to, when I wrestled in like eighth grade, I would I had that Rocky Four soundtrack. Oh, I did so many push-ups to that thing. Does that have Hearts on Fire or was that? Oh, yeah, that's on there. That had it all, okay? Those are all good songs. I've never seen a Rocky movie. No, that's not true. That's what? right, yeah. Was that an intentional, like, once you got to a certain age and hadn't, you're like, no, I have to avoid it intentionally? No, it's at this point, I, I just, it just it hasn't happened and it's too late. I feel well, the, it's, it's like uh, The Wire. I'm not going to watch that either. Why would you say The Wire? Like, I imagine someday I'll get an injury that puts me in a hospital for a month. It's a horrible I'm, And I'm then I'll with, watch The Wire for that whole month. No, I'm with Nick on The Wire because... 72 hours of HBO show programming. I mean, like, The Sopranos, I can't. I just don't. Yeah, that was It's too much for me to, to attempt it. That's uh, there for you if you're ever infirm for a long period of time. I guess, I mean, but but Rocky, man, the first one won Academy Award. It's a good movie. I, I know. I don't. I really don't understand. There's a couple things. I haven't seen uh, uh, Tommy Boy. That is really, that's really That's different. a different kind of, that's not as much of a cultural... You're a blind spot. You're a professional comedian. I know. That's why that's weirder. One of the funniest movies of all time. Tommy Boy. Wait, is hold on a second. Brooks is a little bit younger than me. Um, Okay, Tommy Boy isn't one of the funniest movies ever. It's funny. It's not one of the funniest movies of all time. Oh man, I'm gonna go. But you're right. That came out prime for me. I was. I think I was like ten when that came out. So I mean, it was perfect for me. Where I was like, "This is the best thing I've ever seen." Why isn't Adam Sandler in this? I think that's (laughs) what I yelled a lot. I not? do like it. I do like it. I like no. Billy Madison a lot. I'm just saying. Best comedy. Yeah. What are you going to say? Airplane? Um, A favorite. Okay. Movie I mo- laugh the most during, which I admit is different from best comedy, right? Because it's about having it be a good movie according to what makes a movie good. But funniest movie that I laugh at the most is Wet Hot American Summer for me. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've never seen that. See, for it, you yeah. should see that. Let's check it out. But I'll admit it's a flaw. I mean, it's not a perfect movie. It's a parody, so it doesn't have to adhere to the rules that make a movie great. But my friend tried to tell me the other day, "Liar, Liar" was better than "Dumb and Dumber," and I was what? like, "What are you? Do you like "Dumb and Dumber"er better than "Dumb and Dumber" too? <laughs> That's the one that doesn't even have. Yeah, any. I like I like the backstory. Um, all right. Here, let's get back to science. I'll talk about this next topic real quick, which is, uh, seriously, the headline pretty much is Scrat from Ice Age was found. It's yep. a real thing. Yep. Um, they found a saber-toothed squirrel in Patagonia that lived 100 million years ago, and its official title is Cronopio Dentiacutus. 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 But, um, it's, Which kind of sounds like it would have tiny little teeth. Oh, they're huge. It does. That's cute. Shouldn't it be denti obtusis? Oh, well, acute. Acute uh, is a tiny angle. You got it. Obtuse. You should get it. than 90 degrees. Good night, everybody. Nomenclature. Cut my mic. Do well, it. maybe it's like acute <laughs> and chronic, which are different things than acute and obtuse. Uh, but yeah, this thing is... Nah, is now di- I feel dumb. ...is distantly related to, to, to today's marsupials, um, which... Wait, uh, doesn't mean anything. chipmunks are marsupials? Chipmunks are not marsupials. Squirrels are... Okay, this thing was more like ferret-like, but they said it's a marsupial 
uh, distantly related. It's like nothing we have today. But if it was, they said it's just like a squirrel with huge fangs. So this is big news. You could say that this is the marsupial of the day. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I love it. Probably so. Um, <laughs> cut your mic now. Do it now. You're good. <laughs> I got it. Got it. <laughs> Nick Rutherford out. But, uh, like, scientists... But it's, the first article I read about this, though, was not the one that went straight to the comparison to Scrat from Ice Age. It's just describing this animal they, they found. And as I'm reading the description, I'm like, that sounds just like that thing in the beginning of Ice Age. Right. Before I even read the rest of the article, I went to Google what kind of animal that was in the beginning of Ice Age, only to find out it was a then-fictional yeah. animal. They called a saber-toothed squirrel in Ice Age, but that didn't exist yet. Yeah, the, and now they found... The leader of the study, Guillermo Rugier, or Rugier, uh Well, Brooks, you get your information from Disney Adventures magazine, right? <laughs> Zuba. So I get it all from Zubucks. Zubucks, okay. Yeah. Mine's all Ranger Rick. I don't know okay. what you guys are. I got boys life over here. But this Guillermo Rugier, he's a paleontologist from the University of Louisville in Kentucky. He uh, was quoted saying, when the movie Ice Age came out, we thought the squirrel character in it looked ridiculous. But then we found it. That's all it said. I can't believe. <laughs> I can't believe. That the, yeah. So the guys who made Ice Age made up an animal that had never been known to exist. And now they just happened to find... That seems a little too convenient. That seems a little like maybe they put the also, couple parts together that didn't weren't supposed to go together. Like there was a scientist that loved Ice Age a little bit too much. Right, it was two skeletons like, that were kind of close, <laughs> yeah, but still, it, it was, like, if the Earth yeah. shifted quarter mile during the yeah. Ice Age, you could have. It was clutching an acorn. Like all right, exactly. this is yeah, too yeah. much. Yeah. No, I, I think before we actually officially say this is an animal, we should at least go look at that scientist's bedroom and see if he has those giant like self adhesive decals of yeah. scrat on his right. walls and things. Or maybe it's like uh, Ice Age Four coming out soon. I assume. Oh, you know, could they plant this? Could've like I don't know if you found that they they actually found that it's a, a pod of penguins that can dance down in. <laughs> They found yeah, it. yeah, they thought that just was just a fictional time. thing. Yeah, exactly. Me too. There's footage of it. It's blurry, but. And then the penguins, when they dance, they make the Roman numeral two. It's really neat. Well, I thought it was eleven. I was like, wow. Right, yeah. It's not, a, there were a lot of straight-to-video ones before the eleventh uh, yeah. one came to theaters. But uh, but yeah. So when they found this uh, scrat mammal, it was it's another reason that makes it cool is uh, animals that old, like a hundred million years. Usually, all we find is their teeth, because uh, enamel will like stay put over long is the hardest substance in your body and it'll like survive well through the passage of time but, tell my um, girlfriend that she's at the uh, nail salon <laughs> seems like twice a week okay guys i'll see you later <laughs> no wait uh, i'm sorry go is is the actual tooth intact or is it a fossil of no it's a fossil of the skull oh, okay. that's why they were like oh we never find mammal skulls we only find mammal teeth and then but they, even but but fossils it wouldn't depend on the original thing staying intact right because isn't the fossil uh, that that something else forms around the bones. The bones uh, go away. Something else goes into that, almost like nature's making a mold and filling it. Isn't that how fossils work? Yeah, yeah. but I mean, the fossil has to, the bones have to stay put for still long a really, really for the long time. To make yeah, the, and the negative before the positive. Before that, also this uh, week they found the oldest living um, human fossil in Europe. It was forty-five million years old, so it's the first oldest thousand thing. thousand. Uh, no, million. Uh, lived with, wrote, it was on the back of a dinosaur. No, it was 45,000. <laughs> uh, so yeah, hum, uh, humans were in Europe 45,000 years ago. I did see that also. Yeah, and also because of a tooth they found. That was yeah. an actual tooth, not a fossil, I believe. Yeah, it was found. just a yeah. tooth. 
I like when they find like a tiny piece of something and then they go. So then his head must have looked like this. Right. Yeah, yeah. And he had a, he shot flames out of its back. We assume. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of dinosaurs, they're like we had a rib cage, we had a rib yeah. and a tooth, a single vertebrae. And yeah. from that we can conclude yeah. that it was sixty stories tall. He had a, he had a strong allergy to peanuts. Uh-huh. Uh, Spoke six languages. Didn't like black licorice much like modern man. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So but actually, I was, I was interested when I was reading that article you're talking about about the. Um, 45,000-year-old tooth, I guess because I hadn't really thought about the scheme of how long humans have been here. That's not very long. That's really... I mean, I guess I knew we, we, we haven't been here long in terms of, like, the age of the Earth. Earth is, like, four and a half billion years old. Right. But 45,000 years, that's that's nothing. And that was when scientists agree that you can call our ancestors humans, humans right? So right. The, that article said that there were... There were some Neanderthals contemporaneous with those humans. So I just can't imagine living, ha- having something that's almost human on the planet at the same time as you. Like, there was still interbreeding between humans and Neanderthals at that time. Probably. No, it said that in the article. Oh, so wow. in this article that shall remain unnamed. But um, like, can you imagine if we were walking, we have enough problems getting along with each other with our differences and we're all the same species. Like if there were some almost humans on the planet with us at the same time. Yeah, but. All of those, like cavemen, would be so handsome because they look just like Brendan Fraser. So they're all, of course, you're gonna right, play. and they would be able to just shred on a guitar. Oh, so hard! <laughs> Give them a skateboard, and they just won't stop. No. Um. So yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, would we treat them shitty? I think we would. Of course, we would. Oh God, yes. Yeah, we treat humans what who we look found different. An, shitty until <laughs> until <laughs> one of them finally goes to law school, becomes the unchosen caveman, caveman lawyer, exactly. and is able to defend himself. <laughs> yeah. No, we would. Definitely treat yeah, them Yeah, we, we would. We would. Like, All right. Well, thanks. That's it for us. Thanks, uh, Nick Rutherford, for coming. Thanks for having me, guys. We uh, should mention that uh, Nick Rutherford is a member of a very funny sketch group called Good Neighbor. You can find on collegehumor.com. Good Neighbor Stuff. Good Neighbor Stuff. No, it's actually called Good Neighbor. Thank you, Andy. Fuck you, Brooks. Oh, Good Neighbor. They're on YouTube. and now Good on Neighbor the- Stuff, Nick. The website is Good Neighbor Stuff. But yeah. yes, Good Neighbor is the name of the group. That's if where we Google keep our Good stuff. Neighbor comedy, you're probably going to find them. Because they're on College Humor, and uh, Nick is also a very funny comedian in his own right. It was recently, uh, was it this last year you were at Montreal's New Faces? That's right, yeah, a couple months ago. That's awesome. And before that, I was at Bridgetown. Bridgetown Comedy Festival, yeah. Ooh, we've Highlight never talked about that on we this podcast. We haven't gotten we've, personal. We've never talked about our own comedy. No, I yeah. don't think we've done a good job of really painting the picture of the listener of what we are. I don't think we've done we a good are. job with much. No. <laughs> now you do great with those eyes. And your socks, you probably saw, you algorithm that right away. But if you keep listening, the algorithm will become refined and this show will become something. So keep listening and tell your friends. And uh, until next week, this has been Probably Science. Science.